Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of this Nintendo Life. We love to talk about Star Wars on this show. We normally do it. It's like becoming an annual event. Normally there was like a Star Wars film coming out in December and then last year and this year it's been The Mandalorian. So this time we're going to be speaking about The Mandalorian Season 2, MBZ. What do you have to say about Mandalorian? Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, I like his helmet. I like his armor. He's um, he's cool. He's a cool man. And he goes around the galaxy. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting one, right, with Mandalorian that I think the last season was pretty good, uh, all things considered. I think we... Let's always Star Wars fandom for a second, right? Like, I think we've just been in this place for a while where no one agrees on anything uh, ever at all. Uh, the quality of it, uh, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Um, you know, as, me personally... I think that the when we talk about the sequel trilogy, right, with Force Awakens through Rise of Skywalker, individually as movies, I like them all quite a bit. However, yeah. as a cohesive whole, they're a fucking mess, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's one of those things yeah. that Disney has kind of just screwed up really badly by just giving it to different directors and being like, Ryan Johnson, just write what the fuck you want. Like, don't even think about what JJ set up at all. Just write your own thing, and like that's great if you're going to do a standalone. But I think, like, in the middle of this trilogy where you're trying to set stuff up and you're alluding to things in Force Awakens and then they don't pay off and then the fan base gets mad and so then you do pay them off weirdly in a way that doesn't really make sense in the ninth film. It's just, they just found themselves in a really shitty place. Um, and it's all their own fault. Like, they just made a bad decision, which was, I don't know, let's just fucking make directors do whatever they want with this giant fucking global franchise. Uh, and that was the wrong move, man. Like, yeah. they should have just given it to one person or, like, a team who was going to consistently do it throughout and make it work. And... Uh, um, I think that's left a lot of people in a bad place uh, with Star Wars. It is interesting because since Disney have been running the show, it has all sort of been headed up by Kathleen Kennedy, I believe. And she yes. and a team, I guess, decide who directs what, where, what happens where. And she definitely, in my view, has had a very mixed kind of you know few years being sort of the head of star wars as it yeah. were and... and i mean if you throw stuff like solo in there which was just a complete fucking bomb the only um star wars episode we did that i guess wasn't around christmas was solo because that came out in like may or some random shit. yeah so yeah and it's weird because yeah people are very mixed on the sequel trilogy but as you say solo people really didn't like and then rogue one was like one of the great kind of successes under the kind of kathleen kennedy era and then we've got the mandalorian season one was like the only thing on disney plus for a very long time so it almost made this crazy big impact i think yeah and shout out to disney for um you know making that i don't know four month delay to the uk and then yeah. still doing it weekly because they're fucking <laughs> monsters apparently yes. um yeah yeah and i think season one was fairly popular i think people like mandalorian is this really nice hybrid of just kind of bringing together obviously it takes place between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy but there's a lot of references to the prequels and that it's a really nice thing that they're doing that ties a lot of the universe together and shout out to my favorite prequels moment of this season which was the fucking slave one dropping the silence dropping bomb that they use in episode the, yeah. two i oh, fucking love oh, that, that shit like I, as soon as i saw it drop i was like waiting for the dead silence and then the blah that follows yeah. it with the blue fucking just radius cuts through fucking meteors i love it so good oh great so stuff. good and like 
my favorite thing about season two is that it is just season one was slow there were mixed episodes but season two is just building on what they already delivered and yeah they're connecting it all together that's that's one of my favorite things about star wars is the way it all connects together like my favorite episode is episode three because it connects episode two to episode four like that just in a really great way and like i love what they're trying to do where they're opening it up obviously a ton of new series of different things that spin off from mandalorian that we yeah, can talk just about splintering out and you know into loads just, of different they're just things. kind of going full-on tv full-on utilizing disney plus they're really kind of like marvelizing yes star wars in a way yeah we can yeah we can talk about how we feel about that necessarily yeah, i mean but, uh, that, and you you already feel it from um what you know kathleen kennedy's already done with star wars where i think marvel people look at the marvel universe in a positive light but people accept that some movies are really good and there are there's some massive duds in there as well and i think that's generally although i don't know a ton about this is people's attitude to the marvel tv shows as well it's just like there's some great stuff in there others are less less good than others and i think if star wars is going this way of disney throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks you know it could be worse than that honestly like i don't think it's ideal to have a lot of bad star wars out there which is maybe what we're heading to if it like i mean if you talk to some people they would say there's more bad star wars than there is good star wars <laughs> right but, like that, is, that's their opinion more of people bad than good star wars worse than no star wars and like i, I don't know yeah, yeah i, I would rather know. just like, have star wars you know <laughs> exactly so i love what season two did to just kind of link it all together and yeah it, it feels more of a consequent consequential story arc at this point i think my biggest criticism of the first season was sets up this great mystery at the beginning who is this fucking baby yoda where did he come from what are you going to do with him and then we forget about that for like five episodes and we do monster of the week for five episodes which yeah. was like it's cool to see other parts of the galaxy it's fun to like go around and kind of get a, a kind of flavor right it's almost like a trip of a, a tour around the world type of deal of like let's go to this kind of grassy planet and then let's go to this one where you know it's underwater or whatever or you know just just finding different ones there's one on a prison ship right like they're gonna attack the kind of western genre but also like mix in stylings from like samurai films in here and, and other types of media to create this thing that is something different from what you've seen in star wars before and i think that was a good like building ground it was good like okay this is our our starting block for where we want this series to go and what type of show it's going to be and and then the last two episodes happen and it's like oh shit we are kind of coming back to the main narrative here we're tying things in there's a dark sea but that's like a thing from clone wars i think I, is that in clone wars it's from clone wars and rebels yeah it's in both right and so you're having this thing that's starting to tie together previous feloni projects into this new thing um and so you start to get excited and then season two happens and the first two episodes are like okay we're back to monster of the week again and so i was a little at the start of season two i was like okay well fine i, I guess that's what the show is going to be but i did hope it would be more and then season and then episode three happened i was like oh wait a second we are doing more now and like you're getting bo-katan coming in with her mandalorian crew and then we do meet boba fett properly after the tease of episode one and then everyone kind of comes together at the end to do this epic thing to save uh, to save grogu we have a name now for for all the merchandise that disney is fucking selling um and that changed it yeah. right like I, I think that was a really big shift for me in my 
like liking of the show and just no- thinking what it was gonna be and then it just twisted and it was like actually that thing you wanted to do be we're gonna fucking do that now yeah you know i i agree i think the season took off when that third episode chapter 11 the heiress with bo katan and I, i've not caught up to and i'm watching clone wars at the moment i should say and i'm not even at the stage where we even see bo katan <laughs> like i'm at the near the start of season four wow really is that late that she yeah comes i believe into she's in like five or six and i believe there's seven seasons total so like yeah um but i just thought yeah episode three let's stop monster of the week let's open this up and you know there are people doing things in this galaxy which link to the mandalorian fundamentally and it's all going to link up now you know and i really really thought that was a very strong episode i i don't think i mind the monster of the week stories as much as you i I agree Mm. they're the weakest i i thought the one the passenger with the frog and there's like the big spider in on the ice planet um, the spider oh my god for me that's the worst mandalorian episode there's ever been it's just nothing is accomplished it is just literally finding this ice planet some eggs go in a bath grogu eats some of them and then a big spider chases them and sure some x-wing pilots show up at the end but we don't even get payoff for them at the end of this um season maybe that's the thing that's for range of the republic or whatever the other show that they're gonna do who knows but uh yeah for me that was just like such a nothing episode nothing progressed in the plot it wasn't an interesting action thing like it was just running away from fucking spiders which who likes spiders like come on um it's yeah that was just that was where my sister was like yeah i'm not she like she caught up basically she was like i'm gonna catch up on this before the second season and then, like, that episode just basically just stopped her watching the entire show. And then after that, it gets good again. So it's like, oh, it's a real bummer that they just yeah, have that yeah. episode in there. For me, it's a real dud. Um, and I think the season actually opened really strongly with, like, the fake Boba Fett. With, uh, this guy it was a good tease, Van- yeah. Van- Vanth. Yeah. Cobb Vanth, there we go. Um, yes. Who's in wearing Boba Fett's armor, and it's like where is this going why has he got bob yeah. Fett's armor and like sure it is monster of the week we are hunting so so something i want to point out as well about cob vance is that he has a weird interlude chapter in the book aftermath that i have read mm. uh where i believe he is trying to buy that armor off of somebody um and, and i guess he does do it in that case because he buys it off a jar or something and um yeah, I didn't actually realize that until I was listening to another Star Wars podcast that pointed it out. But, um, two, but yeah, yeah, it's he is actually like a character who has existed in canon since this new Disney thing took over, which is interesting. And, and like apparently that's what Filoni and Favreau love doing is they like Filoni is a big fan of the, the video games, for example. And there is like, I mean, yeah, that first episode is literally a quest from Kotor. Exactly. Like the crate dragon, literally in the game, you go and get a bunch of fucking, uh, banthers and stick them outside the cave and put bombs on them so that the crate dragon eats them and it explodes it from the inside. Literally like point for point. The episode is what you do in the game, uh, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, and was very cool the crate dragon looks very different to what it does look in the game a lot more threatening in this one and a cool action sequence but um but also like um gideon's droids later are from um the, another star wars game in the 90s dark like, forces dark i think or something forces, exactly yeah. so it's like these really deep references that ultimately became legends are now like being reintegrated back into just all these things Bali, when are we going to get the reference to the fucking gungan sim game you played that's what i want to know right gungan when is frontier. that one of the pull yeah when are, when are the gungan frontier references going to get pulled <laughs> that's what i want to see that game is so much fun but yeah 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 
there's a whole lot of Gungans going on in Clone Wars. I, I, I yeah, I wouldn't rule out. Um, well, we're going to talk about the wider universe in a second, but like, yeah, we will hundred percent be returned to Naboo at some point with that hundred percent. Um, yeah, for I sure. At least see it. Um, yeah, yeah where, should, where, where where were we at? We're talking about yeah. Like, so we're talking about the first couple of episodes, and then it kind of it gets good. And I think that is like that's the point, right? Like when you, I think one of the interesting like law points we can pull out from this is in the Bo-Katan episode. They take their helmets off. Also, shout out to Sasha Banks, uh, WWE wrestler who plays one of the Mandalorians. Uh, who, oh boy, she can't deliver lines. My goodness, good job. They only gave her like two lines, but she does wrestle well. And I think she, I think in that scene, she does like kind of pin somebody down, which was pretty cool. But um, but yeah, she's kind of there just to look cool, I guess. Uh, however, obviously they take their helmets off, which means that. Um, hey, what's up with our Mandalorian? Why does he not take his off? And it turns out he's just from a weird sect that we never knew was a thing uh, where, like, they're a weird religious uh, offshoot of the Mandalorians. There were fans of Clone Wars, including me, because I've experienced some of those episodes, not all of them, Mm -hmm. who were just kind of like, oh, why didn't I put the two together sort of thing? Because you're made aware of, they're called Death Watch, and they're sort of like traditionalist more radical faction on the planet mandalore who are trying to overthrow the government and um they basically believe in you having your helmet on all the time and this sort of thing um and it's now clear that like our hero is from that sect or like his parents or his whatever his background is from that sect so everyone who doesn't take their helmet off is essentially part of it and bo-katan is from a separate faction on the planet Mandalore back in the Clone Wars. So it's like, that was kind of like an interesting reveal that made sense. But a lot of people who know, know Clone Wars better than me, I think were just like, oh, I, of course, of course he's, of course he's part of Death Watch. Like that makes right. total sense. So, so that's yeah. how he's been raised essentially to think that's how all Mandalorians behave. Right. Um, and so it, it's maybe a little weird when he gets introduced to these people and they just fucking take their helmets off. And he's like, fuck you guys you are not this is not the way (laughs) my way is the way Uh, so yeah um that was that was definitely an interesting part but also i think what it does do with introducing bo-katan specifically is saying okay she has a thing she wants she's going after gideon for the dark saber also she knows about a jedi ahsoka because clearly they've met right in part of clone wars um and so she tells uh tells mando ahsoka's in the universe and that's where i'm at the end of that episode i'm fucking hyped son like that is where it it, obviously we knew that ahsoka was going to show up because rosario dawson's going to play her and that was leaked or whatever that was like part of the marketing she went on like a goddamn talk show to announce it or something i think yeah (laughs) totally it was like big news yeah right yeah so we kind of knew that was happening what what i will say is like man i we kind of did know that boba fett was coming back as well because people knew that from the first season but um Shout out to fucking Tamora Morrison coming back and playing that role. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that they did that because, like, there is one of these things, right, where Star Wars fans are anti-prequel and they where they want Disney to ignore it and just never touch it again. But I really appreciate the lengths to which Filoni and crew just are like, no, and just decide we are going to keep this stuff and sometimes we're going to double down on it, right? And that means like following what george lucas did where he went back and fucking redid the fucking original game uh, uh movies again by using tomorrow morrison's voice for stormtroopers yeah. in the blu-ray cut of those movies um which bo-katan then calls him out for later on she's like i've heard your fucking voice a million times um but like just getting him back in that role 
I thought was brilliant. I really, I was glad they did it and didn't go a different direction. With it's it. fantastic. Um, and like he, he is a different look to what he was in the original trilogy. I will say, like he's because he's. I mean, got he's like, bald, right? Well, I mean, obviously bald, but I mean, like his look in terms, of like his armor, he's cleaned it up, and yeah, um, he doesn't initially. It's still like dirty, but then he's also got like almost like a kilt kind of thing. Like he's got more of a. His bottom half kind of looks just looks like different. one of the sand people, essentially. When you first see him, it's a anyway. little bit. It looks a bit more, a bit more rugged, I guess. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but you're getting all these action scenes. I think it's you mainly see him in action in the episode uh, chapter fourteen, the tragedy, yeah, uh, where Grogu is taken. But like he's uh-huh. fighting off those st- uh, stormtroopers and like just absolutely wrecking it. It's like we're actually watching Boba Fett take on these guys and we get so much of Slave <laughs> 1. We're watching him do something for once in his fucking life, yeah. which we've never really seen on screen. It's just it's always people's idealized image of like who this mysterious guy is. In reality, what he does is he falls in a fucking pit and dies. <laughs> Except yeah. he doesn't because he's back. Because no, no one dies in Star Wars Ballad. Do you know Darth Maul has spider legs, yes. apparently. He just fucking I've not alive. even gotten to that point in Clone Did Wars. You, do you know that Palpatine's alive? Apparently, he just yep. came back. Everyone, Clones. Everyone's alive. Uh, Everyone's alive. Everyone's um, alive. Uh, which is why I think like we're all like Mace Windu, right? Where's Mace Windu? <laughs> which that could still be a a thing that gets pulled at, at some point. But um, uh, yeah, I guess going back to uh, the Ahsoka stuff um, and getting her introduction, I I thought that was very cool. I, I there was part of it at the beginning where I thought it was a little wooden, like her performance when she's talking to the lady up on the strut before the the town. It, it felt a little weird uh, and off kilter. But then after that, it, it was really good and her whole thing with grogu finding out the backstory like okay so in number one grogu fucking was on coruscant when order 60 i think we believe he was when order 66 was happening yeah, right yeah, he was in the um, jedi temple he was in the jedi temple and he fucking somehow escaped we don't know how that happened i'm sure that's going to be a fucking comic book that gets told because disney god knows can't resist themselves there's a theory um, that r2d2 helps him escape is that is that why like he's talking to him and knows yeah, him at the end? Link, mm. Yeah, they, they, people were linking it to like him okay. being to Grogu. Yeah, I okay. don't know. Anything's possible. Well, who can fucking translate R two anyway? No <laughs> one knows. It's just r- literally random beeps and boops. But um, <laughs> apparently, it's a language. Uh, so so yeah, that stuff was great. The idea that he has shut himself off from the Force, like Luke did, essentially, and so that's why and Cal he's Castus. like struggling. Uh, true, and Cal did as well. That is very true. Um, and so he is struggling to like regain his force powers but he has attached this bond now with mando um and that is why ahsoka then doesn't want to train him right it's like she is she comes from an era of old jedi who are like yo dude this attachment shit went real bad especially because for her her master literally became the fucking dictator emperor of the universe ahsoka literally actually she doesn't even consider herself a jedi right she's kind of moved into this whole kind of what people theorize she's a bit like a gray jedi at the same point in time luke is actually a bit like a gray jedi we can talk about him in a second but like the force is not is very much in a period between episode six and seven where gray jedi i think is the thing and they're probably going to go for that a lot more and obviously grogu has huge attachment to dinjarin and like you know that is just not a thing traditionally that totally was in the jedi order that we know about in the the republic so like yeah there's lots of themes they play with and i think incorporating ahsoka into these themes around the force because for me, one of the things the sequels mess up the worst worst is 
the the force and like mm. what it means is it bloodline is it taught are you born with it is it is it a combination of the t- and it's just it, between last jedi and rise of skywalker it's just an absolute mess can't some of the messaging coming out of that so i think if this seats uh, if this series and other series around it kind of like improve on the meaning of the force at this point in time and the ideas around prophecy and kind of link it all together i think that could be really strong for just I think the Star Wars community is honestly just crying out for a bit of structure to kind of like the meaning of the Force at this point in time. Well, you know what they do say in this show at one point? You know what words they say? They say fucking M count. M they say count. M count. They say M count. And I heard, I hear that shit and I lost my fucking mind. They back, baby. Metachlorians in the building. Oh, that was... uh. That was very interesting. That like that clone facility area seems like this is the Palpatine project, right? That kind of feels yeah. like what it is kind of hinting at is does Gideon want to bring back Palpatine or is Gideon involved in creating Snoke? Is that a thing that's happening? Or both. Who, yeah, or both, like, right? Totally like going to link. Right. So like is is it that Gideon is responsible for bringing back Palpatine and then Palpatine initiates a Snoke project? Is it that Palpatine already has existed already because he already had a clone of himself made previously and that clone has just lived the other thing about clones that i wanted to get back to is the point of um boba fett uh, like his age obviously makes a lot more sense because he wasn't you know, they have the line in attack of the clones about how Django just wanted a a regular clone without any age acceleration without mm-hmm. any age growth right so he the the weird thing about the stormtroopers is like I don't know what their life cycle is because they have been sped up their age growth to a point where they would definitely have aged out by this point in time. I mean, that's something that's definitely a big gray area is what proportion of stormtroopers are even clones at that point in time. Totally, yeah. Recruited, and obviously they made a point of the first order in the sequel trilogy being recruitment, and you obviously hear about Finn's uh, backstory. So, like, yeah, true, but also there is that conversation between Kylo Ren and Hux of like your motherfucking clones or shit like that right he's like i we don't do clones they are terrible versus my trained units or whatever um so that is still addressed of like that there is this kind of partial militia that is built from slaves or people across the galaxy who just are orphaned or whatever who just get drafted into becoming stormtroopers versus the leftover clones from the fallout of the entire clone war situation my understanding is it's it's a dwindling number that is progressively getting smaller right from you know order 66 through like it's it's i think that maybe explains why bo-katan has a very strong reaction because it's probably been a long time since she's heard a stormtrooper with tamora morrison's voice and tamora morrison's not playing the voice of other stormtroopers we see for example i believe in this so like okay um it's for me it's implied they are not clones at least most of the ones we've seen i think by this point in the universe you're probably right although let's if we think about it from the standpoint of palpatine still theoretically had the camino connection for years and years ongoing he could have just kept ordering more and more clones right theoretically yes Yes. so they could still be being grown and you know keeping gone they keep pumping out clones basically yes totally um Uh, but yeah, I think Ahsoka uh, and that episode is probably my favorite of the entire season. Um, it has everything for me from cool Jedi shit to a fight between uh, her and Mando to the Grogu revelations to the kind of invasion siege thing at the end where you got 
Mando doing stuff on the outside while she has a duel with the lady on the inside with the Beskar spear and it sets up that spear for later on as well. It's just a lot of chess pieces being placed while also things being paid off. Um, and that's why it stood out for me. The Grogu revelations are kind of like my favorite thing about Star Wars. So it is the Force, it is Order 66, it's all these things. This is, like Grogu is arguably the most important character Maybe he's the most important character of the whole of the Disney company right now. I'm not. I'm not even making that up. Like, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think you are right. Yeah. He he lived through Order sixty six. He was supposedly like twenty forty years old or something, although the equivalent back then. So like he was trained supposedly, and as you say, like repressed the Force and has been rediscovered. It obviously goes off with Luke. Um, we can talk about Luke in a second, but like, um, sure, like. He he's clearly going to survive Kylo Ren's rebellion against Luke. Ben At least you assume so, right? You like assume you assume so. that no way the Knights of Ren don't murder everybody in that exactly. temple, and people will get away so because we're, we're talking yeah. about like a character who might have gone into hiding twice through two different like execution of jedi at different points in time <laughs> two different temples coming to him the thing is right we just don't we don't know what's going to happen to grogu does mando go back and get him from yeah Luke, and you know? he's only going to reach what we consider an adult age like well after the prequels the in sequels, like 200 sorry. years time right like two or three hundred years is when he'll be an adult i guess something like that so the point is like they can write him into just so much more future Star Wars and he can literally be the next Yoda if they choose to go that route or not. Like, it, it just it's just crazy when you actually think about, because of his age, just how much impact he has across the entire spectrum of totally. Star Wars. And, and, and it goes the opposite way with Yoda, where the High Republic, which is like 500 it's, years yeah, before, super clever. Yoda is like at his prime during that right. period of time, right? So like you can bring, you can have a, a green <laughs> creature who we still don't know the origins of this entire species, apparently, because George Lucas just didn't want to give him any <laughs> anything. Um, uh, just uh, carrying Star Wars as a legacy throughout its entirety, which is yeah. very interesting. So, yeah, I I think there's huge pressure on what is written into grogu and what happens and um i feel like those are in danger right because if you write grogu out of the mandalorian that show to me it loses its heart right like that is the relationship between mando and grogu is like the reason people attach to that show mostly um and so not having that feels weird and so i do think there is going to be some mulligan of like grogu is going to come back to him somehow uh and i don't know how it's going to happen but it's i don't know it, it feels wrong because luke is still about um something like four or six years away from even creating his jedi academy apparently like that yeah, i mean i don't know when he makes it right what what do we think about uh, that? i think it was emergency awesome the guy watching youtube was saying he is like a four or six years i think that's the timeline he said there is something that references okay. when luke set up that school that is interesting okay you know torn down by ben solo but um, yeah because like ben solo i how old is ben solo during mandalorian season two like man like a kid yeah. basically yeah, like you imagine so. that han and leia basically got it on for like exactly I don't know, immediately, immediately <laughs> I celebrate the, the destruction of the the um second death star so yeah, exactly, they, were fucking, yeah. they were going out on endor maybe before <laughs> they even left you know but uh, so but even still it, like ben solo is a teenager by the time that that he um executes you know all the the jedi so like yeah 
there's there's so much crazy amount of time to play with and grogu is going to be a big part of it but um do you think we um Shall we talk about the moment yes yeah, so, sure. before we get there do you think that uh obviously we've got the ahsoka show yes. coming up do you think that we get more ahsoka in mandalorian do you do you foresee where these shows just become crossovers generally like what happened with the marvel's uh cinematic universe stuff with the tv shows where rosario dawson also in those um she was a nurse in daredevil but then she is she shows up in jessica jones in, in, in that oh, tv right. show right like do do we think that ahsoka shows up again in mandalorian i think ahsoka could show up again in mandalorian but i actually do think that ahsoka's and what they're building to with ahsoka doesn't directly relate a ton to the mandalorian and grogu it's got there's like a lot of different things going on you've got the main you've got the main you got a few different plots so one plot is like luke and grogu training jedi that's what mm-hmm. you got mandalorian bo katan essentially the plot is re- the dark, dark saber, saber. that throne of mandalore retaking mandalore like that's its own thing i think Right, does that does that become the focus of the Mandalorian That's what now? I is think that they're hinting at? And then the third pillar is more Ahsoka linked to Admiral Thrawn, which is like seeking out Thrawn. Yes, they do. They do drop the exactly. Thrawn bomb so, at some point in this show. I mean, yes. like rumors of like Benedict Cumberbatch is Thrawn, which I think would be incredible. holy shit, my dude! Like, my oh god. my god! Yes, please. Yes, uh, Cumberbatch amazing. obviously isn't in the Star Wars universe yet, so who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's like that's it's kind there. of like the three pillars i see in my mind that have been created from these two seasons of mandalorian so um it's in that sense it's really hard to know how grogu and dinjarin link up again which is scary because i agree that's like the whole yeah. point of the mandalorian um, it really is you've also yeah got like that's kind of what the show is built on separate entirely um, right which we yes and we'll about. talk about that um cool and the other thing about ahsoka i wanted to ask you is like as someone who has now watched a shit ton of clone wars what do you think of rosario dawson's version of ahsoka she's great i mean the ahsoka i know is so immature and is just like it's for ahsoka that i know she's all about like she really looks up to anakin because anakin is kind of like anakin always goes against like what the the perception of how to enact like how to be good at war he's yeah. a qui-gon yeah he's just like he shoots from the hip he knows he's he's like i'm gonna do this and it's gonna be successful and ahsoka's kind of in this process of learning between anakin and obi-wan like okay anakin gets it right most of the time i guess he's good i better follow what he's doing sort of thing and i think the arc that they're getting to is that and obviously anakin turns to vader is like oh maybe anakin wasn't always that right and that the jedi but the mm. jedi i think she falls out with anakin and the rest of the jedi in a big way like in, and, and kind of like ostracizes herself from the whole th- situation so the ahsoka i know is very right. different to the one that i saw with rosario dawson where i'm like right okay yeah and i do wonder if you watch rebels like ha- if that lines up a bit more because that's a more older ahsoka versus totally, the one in yeah clone wars. and I, like, i'm i plan on watching like all of clone wars and rebels because i'm very interested in kind of where all these things go and yeah sure there's a lot of duff episodes in the, in between but like i don't mind uh-huh. the world building they do and all that so i'm i'm just trucking along it's it's fine it's good <laughs> I, I i am yeah. very much looking forward to the end of uh clone wars i think the final season a lot of people have said is incredibly impressive and obviously around order 66 it's going to be it's going to be good but yeah I, that that's what yeah. i think about rosario Dawson. i think she's cool she's great 
Cool. Um, we've mentioned Luke Skywalker oh. a bunch. Uh, did you think we would be saying the name Luke Skywalker in a spoiler cast about Mandalorian season two? I did not. I think everyone just kind of wrote him out of their minds because... I think especially after the first season, it being quite disconnected generally, aside from the Grogu stuff um, mm. from the wider Star Wars universe, I don't think I expected it to tie in and have big cameos aside from the Boba Fett thing, right? Like that seemed like as far as they were willing to go in terms of putting it back towards what the central kind of thesis of the universe is. And people argue about, right, like, just got to have a Skywalker in there, don't you? Just can't do Star, Star, Star Wars without a Skywalker. They've, they've done um, Star Wars without a Skywalker. Rogue One, is fan- okay, Vader's in that, but like, it's a fantastic film. Uh, but yeah, like... yeah, Vader arguably has the best scene in that entire fucking <laughs> well, movie. I mean, so, my yeah. own argument, but yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, who knows? Yeah, I d- yeah, probably, but... As Disney, that's what they're going to do, aren't they? Do do Disney crutch on Skywalkers? Is that the, the problem? I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily a problem unless you feel like it's a problem. I think there are definitely people out there who would like to see, let's just fucking disconnect from all this shit, right? Like, just go and do a totally different thing. And I do wonder, now that we have these other shows set up and all this other stuff, that Disney feel more willing to just do I something different. I think that's different. what's great is, and we will get to Luke, we've kind of danced around them so much, but... Um, <laughs> They're doing both. That's the great thing. Like you've you've got the, th- right, the three yeah. shows that link to um, Mandalorian, I believe, uh, directly are. Uh, let me look at this thing. I think it's the Boba Fett one, the Ahsoka one, and uh, I guess Ranger of the Republic. It's Rangers of the I don't Republic, know if that's directly Ahsoka, tied. and yeah, Bo- uh, the Book of Boba Fett, um, which yeah, they didn't yeah. want to include in the big announcement because they didn't want right, to spoil the Right, because it was teased end, at the end of the end. final episode. So, yeah. So you've got those three, and then we can talk about the other ones that are lining up later, but like, you are going to get new seasons of Star Wars with characters that are from a completely different time perspective um, that... You know, I, I actually think they probably will link it together in some way, in a weird way, but we'll see. We'll see. I think... Yeah, and all all of those are of the same time period, right? So I I am more interested in, like, this High Republic stuff they're yes. doing. Obviously, they're writing books in that era. I, I need a show or a, t- or a movie. You're getting one. Era. You're getting the Acolyte. Like that's... Yes, right. So yes. that is the one thing that they are doing. Um, But I would like more of that, please, right? Like, I, I do want... I want classic era like height of the jedi shit right i want to go deep let's go fucking thousands a year let's hit that kotor kind of era um in the actual canon of current star wars is kind of what i'm looking for because this stuff is great but all of it is like post sequel or post pre uh, post um original trilogy i should say uh so it's kind of just playing in the same ballpark. It's kind of the safe territory for Star Wars, you know what I mean? It's like the thing that the most people know and therefore yeah, connect um, with. So. And obviously Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi is very safe and hidden Christians. Yes, and, totally. You know, Ewan McGregor. Oh my fucking God. we got to talk about that shit. They're bringing my fucking Hayden Christensen. So it's going to be four episodes apparently, which... Yeah. Because... You were saying that it signaled that they basically were just adapting the movie to a tv show and that's so why my, so my go-to source of information is always emergency awesome on youtube check him out high fives guy high shout fives out to high guy. Fives he guy. is the knowledge i love i like to follow he claimed that solo was going to be the first of a trilogy of films that all linked a plot around the kind of crime syndicates of everything going on in that time period and 
That's why there was the exactly. Darth Maltese at the end. Of, so yeah, it was going to be a solo film, which we got, and then there was going to be an Obi Wan Kenobi film, and there was also going to be a Boba Fett film in and around the same period and linking to Darth Maul and Obi Wan's confrontation with Darth Darth Maul, which also happens in Rebels. But anyway, yes, exactly. Now yeah. they're going to do Obi Wan as its own thing. So in my view a lot of the plot ideas they were going to link to Solo, they'll regurgitate some, reuse some of those plot ideas, I bet, to do this four-episode thing. You know, like, I think... Okay. It's going to yes. make sense. But, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing, right? They're at the end there, that final episode, and um, and that X-Wing goes by, and I'm like, Ah, oh, it's those those uh, it's those fucking pilots from episode two. They're coming back to to help. Um, that's exactly the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, "That's they're coming here. the The whole cavalry is going to come in, and we just see the first. Uh, you thought they were the rescue. I thought we're going to see the first X wing, and then there's going to be a hundred X wing just flying past. That was my my thing. But then it goes into the dock, and then I'm like, "Can I just mm, say something? So okay. say, say mm. you get hundred X wings, and all these um, yes, uh, New Republic pilots suddenly get out with their blasters." yes they're gonna yeah. get torn to shreds by the, those droids yes so i like, know yeah i didn't i wasn't i wasn't look i'm just in the middle of the episode like i'm not really thinking that hard about it you know like i'm just kind of thinking what would disney do right now probably bring back another character who've already met in previous in the season right because that's what the final episode is always about with this show at least with the two seasons we've had of it is get the gang together to do a thing mainly save grogu is the thing we've done twice now is it, are we going to do a hat trick for the third time and save him from the clutches of kylo ren who knows um but that's kind of where i was my head was at with it and then you just see this guy in a dark cloak and the green lightsaber goes on and i'm like jesus fucking christ what are they doing uh, and obviously by that point like you know it's luke right and if you do catch the glove you know it's luke the real question was... It was only once I saw the glove, I was like, it has, it, it can't be anyone else. Yeah, but he like it is like the inverse of the Vader Rogue One scene where he's cutting down people. This is like full height of his power, Jedi Luke Skywalker, just demolishing these fucking robots. Like, he literally crunches one up into a ball of metal at the end. Um, and it's like, Jesus, this dude is... He's on his shit now. Like, he, he knows what he's doing. He is a full Jedi master and... Um, it ruled it was great uh and i i do think that we're maybe a bit split on how we feel about the reveal of luke and what they decided to do um but they just did cg luke and if you if he's just standing still and looking it looks good yeah right like the technology is there to make it look realistic however as soon as he starts talking, his face just doesn't move properly. Like, it just, it's this weird stiffness, and it really threw me off. And, like, I love that moment. I think it's amazing. I think it's kind of ruined by the CGI just not keeping me in the moment. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame. I Like, you found it more jarring than I did. I still, I can't disagree. It is jarring. It's weird. It's just one of these things with, like, contracts, you know? Because... Yes. <laughs> If they had a, a Luke Skywalker season lined up <clears throat> and they had recast Luke and obviously had loads of people in there saying Sebastian Stan who plays like the Winter Soldier. Yes. And I think he would he looks he looks just like young Mark Hamill. Yeah, he's, he, he's got a facsimile totally. and like, I'm like sure it's there's not other, the same, I'm, but like it's close yeah, enough. There's other actors out there. Like I'm totally of a mindset where if you want to recast Luke, that's totally fine. I've just seen this person slay all those droids with a green lightsaber. I like 
if his face looks a bit different because you've recast him, like as long as he's is as he's acting Luke, it doesn't matter. Like I I can I can put myself there. I'm not sure. You you might need to throw a line in there for the casual consumer, the casual audience member who's like, who the fuck is this guy, right? Because not everyone is going to clock immediately. It's a young Luke Skywalker. It's tough to do a reveal with a recast. I because I, right, like you you have to have someone go <gasps> Luke Skywalker or like some weird line of dialogue that you really? know. Really, I I think the glove and the green lightsaber and the trail of droids is maybe. <laughs> but like Bali, we're talk we're, we're talking about. We're talking about like real cash, like you know, someone like my mum or first your mum. Congratulations to those mums no- for getting to the end of season two Mandalorian. Is my first yeah. thing to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I see but, what you're saying. But you know what I mean? Like they're they're not gonna. Cl- they're just gonna be like, oh, a Jedi, cool, right? They're not gonna clock that. That's who it's supposed true, to be. True. Um, which is why you kind of have to do the CGI. Yeah, and thing, I think I that's think, the realization degree. Disney have. And it's clear that out of all the series they've got lined up, they don't have a Luke Skywalker season lined up. They don't have Sebastian Stan in the wings ready to do, you know, like no. that's if that is happening in the future, great. But we're not at that point now. And, you know, to cover over the gap, are you going to have the, the one shot of CG Luke? Fine. Like it it, it worked, I guess. Um, I was just going to say, like, I the second that X-Wing arrived i don't know it's it's one of those power dynamics where i was like there is nothing in this show that i've seen that can do anything against these droids like that like they I, what i will say they do a fantastic job of showing that these droids are stupidly yes, powerful totally. like he when dinjarin is fighting them he is scrapping for his fucking life like they are destroying him yeah it's like you got lucky with that one in the door and that was a neat trick to suck them yeah, all he's out. fighting one of them and now there's a fucking army of like yeah, 30 of them and it's like you can't do shit once against they these came guys. back i thought Right, I know that they waved around that dark saber a bit, but there's no way in hell that they can take out all these droids with that dark saber. No, no matter who has yeah. it, and like, it, you needed the Deus Ex Machina, which is a Jedi. <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not gonna give that dark saber to Grogu at the end of the season, and he's gonna tear tear yeah, them all. Yeah, just fucking one, jump right? around like Yoda in Episode so, Two. Because <laughs> of that it. power gap, I thought a jedi that we've not remember we knew that grogu had put the call out to the jedi to force users generally yes. i was like S-. and i wasn't sure whether that was going to pay off this season or next season but we kind of assumed that i was fairly confident it would come this episode yeah. and because the episode was called the rescue and at this moment in time i knew that only a lightsaber used well was ever going to take down these droids i was like yeah a jedi is definitely coming and i i did not think it was gonna be and also Luke. shout out to fucking like GameSpot or ign who was like the biggest oh, cameo yeah in mandalorian i was like well so i was like oh yeah i mean samuel L. <laughs> jackson probably coming back that was i was waiting for fucking mace windu to roll in uh which could still happen look they are not above that shit i mean i genuinely thought with the mace windu rumors he was in the mix cal kestis was a huge one in the mix yeah cal kestis would be a fun one but i don't think cal kestis works for a, a kind of mainstream True. audience yet like like you have to build him up with his own show. He's not exactly a reveal. He needs a bit more build, a bit like a Bo-Katan, you know. He's, he's... I, I think with Cal Kestis, you want to get a trilogy of games from Respawn <laughs> out first, and then you can take him on with his own totally. show or and something. That, and that might you, be the plan. Then you introduce yeah, him. Totally. Um, yeah, but for yeah. some reason, my mind was just blocking Luke for whatever reason. It's like, it can't be. It can't, you, know, you can't do it. You can't do it. So, But the yes, second I yeah. saw that X-Wing, I was like, this is Luke. It's great. This is is happening yeah and yeah yeah it's just a fantastically shot scene obviously he's got the hood he's not giving away his identity but my god like that is 
top draw like lightsaber work especially for a tv show with i say a lower budget but come on it is disney i guess but like yeah exactly i thought it was done incredibly well and i think plot wise luke arriving and we were saying this off mic before but like handy that boba fett was like away before he faced luke and being like (laughs) i thought you died like six years ago ever so he was like, wait a second, you, were, you fell into that big mouth of that thing, <laughs> exactly. didn't you, you weirdo? So, yeah, I, I, I loved all of it as a, as a, as a piece. Um, I think that, yeah, yeah, we've discussed the CG. It was, it's a tough position to be in. And as bad as it looked, I thought it was better than the CG we've already seen. Um, I mean, you can't get worse than Leia at the end of Rogue One. <laughs> Leia like, at the end woof. of Rogue One was tough. Oh. I think, because I, at the time, I thought Tarkin was great. Um, and great as an overstatement fine workable doable i thought tarkin played a good yeah pl- a good good role in rogue one i think it worked well there's zero i felt there was zero need for leia i think she, she didn't even need to turn around you know who she is from the back of her head but yeah um, yeah yeah and then although they um i think that leia and luke they do in the fl- the brief flashback in the forest in uh yeah rise of skywalker works it much works. better I think it's partially because it's a dark scene and they just have the glow of the lightsabers yeah, lighting yeah. them. And so it does work versus this where it's a much like more obvious, you can clearly see everything going on. It's like very stark lighting. They're like all on the bridge, right? It's very... Yes. Um, it's yeah, tough. It's yeah. tough. But um, as, a, as a whole thing, I think it works fantastically well. And like... Yes. I think plot-wise, having Yoda go with Luke at this point in time... Grogu, you mean? Not Yoda? Yeah, I say Yoda, baby. Yoda. You said Yoda, Yoda yeah. Grogu. Um him going with luke right now is fascinating and yeah i i am so unbelievably in on this universe um far more so than i was in season one and that, like i'm just a sucker for all these cheap tricks they pull with luke and ahsoka <laughs> and bokata i'm like yeah I'm, I'm lapping it all up i loved it it's great it's great um yeah were there any other episodes that you wanted to call out we didn't really talk that much about the um Boba Fett episode aside from like he comes in with Fennec Shand and he's like bitch that's my armor and Mando's like no it's not uh and and obviously you have the entire the entire thing of like Grogu on the seeing stone meditating meanwhile you know they're dealing with all the stormtroopers and then he gets taken um just it's pretty much just an action episode that entire episode um but it does R.I.P. the Razor Crest that shit gets blown up which maybe that's the real tragedy of the episode because it's called the tragedy yeah yeah um and so that's kind of a bummer i wonder what's going to happen with because obviously right now uh, what ship did they use to get on there and i guess like boba went off in his slave one on his own so i don't know is he coming back to get them uh they borrowed they stole a imperial ship to get on the, they did um, you're right yes. ship at the end and yeah. then boba fett as you say took slave one we've not talked about book of boba yeah. fett we can mention that in a second but like yeah yeah so they took that ship so yeah he is shipless he is grogu-less and yeah. he's got a dark saber so it's yeah. fascinating like where yeah i do wonder if we have a time so, jump or, or what happens sorry to reference him again but the emergency awesome theory on this and this ties into the book of boba fett is that it's confirmed that the book of boba fett will come out uh december 2021 it's also confirmed mm-hmm. this mandalorian episode one season three will come out christmas day 2021 so there will be three or four weeks, three or four episodes of the Book of Boba Fett in December on Disney Plus before rolling into Mandalorian season three. 
So basically, the book okay. of Boba Fett is supposedly initially just a four or five episode thing, or maybe three episodes, mm-hmm. that is going to set up something plot related that will run into Man- the Mandalorian. That's his theory. Okay, oh, we we know those. Okay, things. that makes sense. Cool. Um, the uh, the episode before the final one, the penultimate episode, where they uh, go and get their friend from prison, Bill Burr's character. It's a good one. Um, I really like that episode. It's yeah. It. I think it. Someone I can't remember someone talking about this, but like the dialogue in that scene between him and his former imperial officer is probably the best dialogue He's in the whole of the Mandalorian. A very good actor, I believe he is he the actor who plays the night. He king? was the yeah. night king. Yeah, he's, he's the night, the night king. king. Like, yeah, like give. I love just as a Brit. It's quite nice to see like this really evil dude given like a southern american accent it was like yes this works, yes 100 percent. southern american accent works so well for that character like i was like why are more you know imperials not given these accents they're great like i thought it worked really yeah. well i mean it's totally like a holdover of the the era right like that time and place you're gonna make a, a twirling mustache british dude yeah. your villains right that's just the way it is um uh, but they obviously want to change that and obviously they, they want to ground the universe a little bit more i think and i think doing stuff like this helps to do so but um but yeah that entire conversation the fact he takes his helmet off and has to like log into the thing um it, it's really well done i i have some misgivings in that episode about him fighting off people who i think are probably like locals versus like yeah. the colonizing forces of like it's a little the way it's framed is a little weird to me. Um, I think but... Bill Burr's also got a language. Who, uh, but he says some things around them saying, oh, they're locals. But to, I think he said, like, to them, Empire New Republic doesn't matter or something. Like, yeah. he, he, he brings up the issue that, like, in reality, the New Republic are not any better than the Empire. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, that Yeah, so that was a bit weird. But But his conversation and his, like, He's kind of like laying out of an ideology almost to to this guy. It's like the most depth that I think Star Wars has had in a conversation in a long time, honestly. Because uh, really, it's quite it, it is pretty surface level, right? Like it's it's a fun show and it's a good show, but it's still Star Wars. It's still very fairy tale. It's still very surface level. And I think digging into some of that stuff is mm. is definitely more. I would say the uh, so. Imperial officer that they take out and they take out their ship at the end of Episode Three that that guy who's like killing all his own dudes and and shit is like i thought the acting for that guy as well in, in the third episode with bokatan was very good as well like these are just two really well acted believable imperial officers who are you know doing some heinous shit to further their yeah, their, no, totally. their aims is like you don't get yeah. that very directly in star wars other than vader choking out the things or them destroying alderaan like it's 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 what I love about this show is that you're seeing the brutality of the Empire on a very localized level that I think the films fail to do by and large. Yeah, totally. And I also appreciate, I think, that Gideon has an even... Like, he he knows what the fuck is going on. And so instead of being forced to fight Bo-Katan so that she can get her thing, he fights Mandalorian thinking, even if I lose... I've screwed over Bo-Katan because she has to... Yeah, he's like laughing it, right? maniacally like, at the end almost. Like, yeah. Jeez, like, I didn't see He's like, sight. I screwed you over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that And he's really like good, but, um, imprisoned by the New Republic by the end of the season, I guess. I believe so, so yeah. I mean, they... they Well, no, don't doesn't he like get out of his... um 
his manacles at some point when like Cara Dune like throws him to the side and he's like trying to fiddle with his manacles. I can't he remember. Does what I think there, he, he like has a pistol ready to shoot or something and then yes he does and then he doesn't yeah. get it off and they stop but him. Then yeah. They yeah. get him. He's right. got. He got got. He's got. He got got. Maybe we'll find out what his cloning project was all about and more stuff like that. Um, but overall, uh, wow, very strong. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a great season of television. Um, I came back every week to watch it. And I do appreciate like TV these days, is, like very long, uh, and having episodes that are sometimes thirty-three minutes. It's like you know what you got in, you got out, you did what you needed. It was totally. a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, so. So yeah, good stuff overall. Should we talk about some of the wider stuff? Let's maybe get yeah. into that um, that tease at the end. There was obviously the uh, kind of post-credit scene of Boba Fett going back to... I wasn't a big fan of this scene, honestly. It was a bit like... <laughs> you know what I fucking love about this what? scene? Is this idea that fucking Bib Fortuna takes over a Jabba's palace and just starts becoming the new Jabba by literally just becoming a giant fat Bib Fortuna. It, I just, I thought it was just a really weird um, way to talk about what has happened in the past few years in that specific place um, that you just wouldn't check in with. And so, like, I just found it... Bib Fortuna, just a funny character in the original um, who I've always enjoyed just for him just being a dumbass. Um... But like, yeah, I don't know. I, it was, it was, it wasn't great. But I also, I kind of had a weird. They got me with the. Like, I like seeing that. Um, yeah, this is what Jabba's palace is like right now, and you know, and this is him sitting there. Just the way he just. It's it's kind of like what is the what is he trying to do? Does he just want to become king of yeah, the huts the, now? I don't know. The the walking up to him, killing him with a pistol, and then just sitting on his throne, and Fennec Shan just sat at the side like, ha ha, yeah, we got him. It's like. And she's just drinking blue milk on the side. <laughs> and and what? What? And now what? You know, and like, now what? Yeah, I guess. What's what's going on? So look, I, I guess that's what the entire premise of this Boba Fett show is going to be, right? It's like saying, yeah. and now what, right? Yeah. Um, which, sure, I'm up to be in Jabba's Palace again. That's a good place. Is that Rancor still there? Is that Rancor's uh, dad still there? Has he died yet? Did he get eaten by his good Rancor question. yet? All these questions. We need to find out. He was so sad. Um, I guess the Rancor is dead because Luke yeah. killed it. Did he get a new Rancor? Is there a new Rancor baby down in the cell? Talking about kind of fan service crutching on the original trilogy is like that book of Boba Fett is just all that lathered all over the shop, you know? Like it's just. Yes. Yeah. It it was a little blatant for sure. Um, Um, But hey, that's a show. There's one of the 25 fucking shows that are happening. So we talk about these. So basically, before the final episode of Mandalorian came out, they, they put out a thing of like. Here is our slate, essentially. Here's Marvel and, and Disney at this point love to do this of like, here's the next 10 years of our plans and we have logos for all these things. And uh, and there's a lot of stuff that is coming out of Star Wars. So we've talked about some of it already with the Ahsoka show, right? Which I'm excited for. I think that's probably going to be the show that I'm going to be the most into. Um, we've got the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, to be honest, that's come on. <laughs> you and McGregor. Come on, come on, let's... <laughs> let's be honest fucking you mcgregor hayden christensen the bros back together you love to see it Um, one thing that happens in rebels this is minor spoilers for i know all these things about rebels i haven't even watched it yet for god's sake yeah so do i i've 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 seen like the scene where obi-wan kills darth maul again so that is that is a scene that takes place in rebels for sure i was going to reference there's a fight between ahsoka tano and 
Vader. Vader. And she he she crushes half his helmet off and you can see Anakin's face underneath and people are crying out for this scene to be replicated or you know do it again in some way where it is literally Rosario Dawson fighting live action version yeah yeah Um, Yeah. that would be cool that rule man um yeah so those two shows are probably the one I care about the most maybe Mm. I don't know um we have Range of the New Republic again which we mentioned uh which i guess that's just going to be about do you think cara dune's going to show up in that because they did give her the See, emblem and... i think barrett on kind of funny said this but he just doesn't think um gina carano is a strong enough actor yes. to pull off she's not great and also some of her views are pretty abhorrent and they should probably fire her because she's True. a terrible person um but yeah. that's besides so the i point. think um, that's going to be a host of new characters that will link into obviously other stuff but i i'm very interested in like the new republic this was one of my biggest criticisms of the sequel trilogy was and there's the new republic oh is it like course oh, too bad it's destroyed you don't even oh, get to see oh, it whoops. so like i I'd they love blew to it up. see a bit of the New Republic maybe before it gets obliterated. You get like maybe three seconds <laughs> yeah, of a screenshot that looks kind of like Coruscant uh, and then it's, it's just like a gone. really narrow shot as well. We're not showing any. Yeah. Like, you can't show Coruscant that'll yeah. turn people away. They'll turn people off from this film. Um, yeah. I was back in yeah. episode seven when they were, they cared a lot about these things. Then <laughs> <laughs> it all yeah. went out the window yeah, for totally. seven, uh, eight and nine. Sorry. Then it all went out the window. Um, we have Cassian Andor. I think it's just called mm. Andor, right? Uh, which follows that character who was in yeah. Rogue One. This is the one I'm probably the least interested in, I guess, just because I don't... I don't know. Rogue One is a fine movie. It's just... It's kind of a war movie, and I didn't... I like it. It's good. It's just not... I don't really care about that character. I don't really care what he's doing. He's just a normal dude in a Star Wars universe. And to me, I don't really care about normal dudes in Star Wars <laughs> as much as... I think you've, you've got to be pretty invested in the formation of the rebellion yeah and i think rogue one does a lot of that where like sure. you're seeing um all these like characters building the the you know the rebellion and like for example that big temple they're in in rogue one that all the x-wings come out of on the avon four is apparently like an old jedi temple that i hadn't realized yes stuff like that so i yeah. don't know i'm into i'm into all that like rebellion forming stuff although i agree the character himself and or it's fine he's not yeah. exciting and as you say he's a dude with a blaster yes yeah so we'll see how that goes uh then lando uh, are they bringing donald glover first i, I don't know enough about what's confirmed and not for this show or even when it's set um everyone obviously wants yeah. donald glover and that makes it more intrinsically linked he was by far the best oh, part yeah, so totally like totally not even agree. a question so, if they can get him and it's tied in, I mean, that show might link to Andor and, and stuff like that. But uh, there is a long time period sort of between episode three and four that like there's a lot to fill so they can do anything really. Yes, totally. Um, and then the Acolyte that you mentioned, do you know what? where is this set? What right. is this about? So my understanding way? is it's a female lead. We don't know who the female lead is. It's the same director as Russian Doll which is this Netflix okay. show everyone loves. And it supposedly takes place 100 years before the events of episode one. So, mm, and okay. the fact that it's called the Acolyte means like it, it focuses on the dark side of the force. So, yes. Uh, our, good, our good source, Emergency Awesome, made the point that mm-hmm. uh, Darth Plagueis has already been gendered as a he or him and it's confirmed right. that the acolyte is a female lead so the acolyte themselves isn't necessarily going to be Plagueis 
but the chances of them linking Plagueis in some way is this Plagueis' master? Could be their master, in, could be a, a friend, yeah. a colleague, a former lover. Who knows? Like, there's so yeah. much that is intriguing to me about what this could be um, and will most likely link into something that's High Republic related. Who knows? But, like, it's crazy intriguing and I think is the standout in terms of time period and focus compared to all of these other Star Wars shows, honestly. Like, it is the most, like, yeah. we're just going to do this out of out of there and it's still connected to the you know the the prequel trilogy i think that's it will link but i think it's the most standalone in the sense of we're going for something completely new and we're not crutching on skywalkers i think this is the best example of that probably cool uh well yeah that sounds exciting uh that sounds really cool i don't know when that's gonna come out i believe the most recent Um, things that are happening the closest are all the spin-offs to Mandalorian so Ahsoka Rangers right and, yes which makes yeah. sense right you kind of you want to do like and this is kind of doing the same thing as Marvel did which I don't know how well that worked out for them but it is like having all of these different characters in their own shows and then come together for one yeah, final big season totally that they all come that, together yeah. yeah like versus Thrawn or something you'd imagine yep, totally you know? Thrawn is the biggest that bad um, that is kind of linking all these yes uh then we have a droid story i believe it's animated which um and oh yeah, is so it people okay joke about clone wars and i kind of agree that some of the weakest episodes of clone wars are just focused on r2d2 and c3po <laughs> i'm not even kidding so it's like R2- so the start of the episode would be like padme or someone say c3po we really need you to collect this thing from the thing on coruscant to do the thing for my dinner party <laughs> later and then <laughs> And then R2 and C-3PO get embroiled in this really dark, seedy gang warfare in the under in the underground of, like, Coruscant. And it's just like, okay, this is like a level of Are you Are you, are you not just like, when you when you know that that's going to be the episode, are you not just like, I'm skipping I just, this I endure one. it. Going to I want to, like, like... Oh, Bali. Oh, character wise i'm i'm done with that relationship like it it's fine but like uh-huh. i do still find yeah. the underworld of coruscant very interesting but like i they are the okay. weaker end of clone wars that's what i'm saying they are the the episodes where it's like this is such a kid show right yeah you know yeah. like um yeah so i'm that's the bottom of my list probably uh, yeah no, well what about the bad batch what do you think about that that's like a spin-off of the clone wars bad batch is more intriguing so they are in clone wars i believe they get talked about a lot more later on in the show although i have there is like there are a few episodes that focus on a group of clone troopers and that's that's the whole focus okay but then i believe the bad batch are literally like it's referring to obviously like a bad bat, bat a bad batch of clones right and i think part of them being a bad batch is that they don't follow orders oh, okay and i think that I believe that relates to Order 66 and that they're actually good guys, essentially. Okay. They want to fight for Jedi and that sort of thing. So I be- believe that's where it's all linked. Although I've not intrinsically seen it all take place in Clone Wars yet. Sure. That, and that's going to be animated, I believe. Yes, it'll be another. It'll be, it's like the Clone Wars animation style. Yeah. It looks yeah. like it's just a follow-on from that. Almost like, like I actually do story. like the animation style. I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's, it's a good way of showcasing okay. a world if you want to, you know later down the line put these people in live action like they've done obviously with bo i think it works in that sense yes um and then they're doing their own version of the animatrix do you remember the animatrix Mally? no 
so when the Matrix came out, there was this thing called the Animatrix, where they went to a bunch of uh, anime uh, people and said, make Matrix stories, uh, but make them anime. Um, and that's basically what they're doing <laughs> with Star Wars Visions. Star Wars Visions is uh, Star Wars, but make it anime. I believe it just it's um, random one-off episodes that take place across the whole thing, the whole shebang. Like it's, yeah, it's loads yeah, exactly. all over the shop. Totally. That's what it is. And, and that seems cool. Uh, I'll, I'll watch those. Um, and then the, the last thing we have is the movie, the only movie we now have with a name and, and whatever uh, coming out. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, named after Bally's favorite video game franchise, yeah, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Uh, strange. I think it's going to take place like in and around Rogue One, I believe. I don't know. but um, Okay. Yeah, I... I really liked Rogue One. If they do something that links this, we talk about them crutching. Like, whenever there's not the force and lightsabers involved, I do enjoy the crutching on the on you know on the stuff we already know. But when it's to do with the force, like the acolyte, for example, I'm like loving the idea that's completely separate. So knowing that it's going to be quite force free and no lightsabers, most likely, I like I like the idea of it linking more to the existing. Uh, canon that we already know and love so that's kind of my yeah. view on it and this is being directed by the wonder woman director correct patty jenkins oh, i it? believe Ooh. people don't yeah like i believe so wonder i woman believe she <laughs> no they oh, well. do not um but she she directed the first i don't know if she directed the second wonder woman but she did do the first one and um also i find that film was kind of yeah. very very average yeah. but uh other people liked it uh, anyway she's she's directing this which is cool um so that's the first for star wars so yeah that's their credit Female it is a first, yeah, so it is a first. Um, they have, they've they've had um, Bryce Dallas Howard do a few episodes of yes. Mandalorian though, so she she has been on the shows. But, she um, might, which one did she do? I think she did one Anyway, yeah, I think she did the she didn't do the Ahsoka episode. That was Filoni, wasn't it? Um, but she did do one of the other ones. Uh, maybe the one with episode three, the Bo-Katan one. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the slate for Star Wars, which is more than we've had for a while now. It's been kind of like post episode nine, they went quiet. Um, and I think just probably because the internet was shouting at them nonstop and they just wanted to hide in their little hole. Uh, and now they're back out the hole and they're like, by the way, we're going to burn this fucker to the ground. <laughs> do you see what we did with Marvel? We just do the fucking same thing with the Star Wars, okay? Um, so yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I do appreciate that they are going across the spectrum with different eras and um, kind of styles with this, like some animated, some live action, some movies, some TV shows. Um it's it's cool to see i just i am worried uh that you know in 10 years time i just won't care about star wars anymore you know <laughs> like that it's a real concern and i mean this is the thing disney is just gonna do the star wars for as long as they bloody can so yeah so it, it, is. Um, it was weird because there was a period of time where they obviously owned disney and mar disney they own disney more marvel and star wars and yes marvel has been on this unbelievable film churn since like 2009 this is the first year we've not had a marvel film since 2009 um yeah which considering it's we're moving into 2021 that's kind of scary in some ways and like of those years i think most of them they've had two or three films so like i was scared that star wars was going to turn into this two or three films a year kind of situation and they might still go there eventually but um i feel a lot more comfortable with going for the 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 tv shows 
first. I think I think there's less ter- there's less risk in TV shows, and I think they can be more experimental. Um, now, some will say they were very experimental with the, the sequel trilogy, so maybe. But at the same yeah. time, they were crutching on a lot of ideas. So, like, I like the idea they can be experimental with um, TV shows. It sounds like Rogue Squadron is trying to recapture the magic they got with Rogue One, which seemed like a success and people really liked. So I yeah. guess that makes sense. Um, but I'm interested in when something like the acolyte you know becomes a film or sort of like oh they go for like yes. this crazy time period or somewhere different and it's a film and then a film that people love i think that's the that's the hurdle they still need to get over for me to have kind of full confidence in the direction because mandalorian is great i think there are aspects of it that are very safe i think it's doing a really good job in opening up all these avenues um but yeah, it's when when does Disney do something new with Star Wars that people love, and I don't think they're there yet. Yes, uh, and so that's kind of when these new High Republic things happen. Which uh, the the first book uh, looks like is coming out the fifth of January, oh, so wow. very soon. Um, Star Wars: The High Republic, um, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, and I believe that's an adult book. So it is actually because some of these are kids' books, some of these are going to be YA, um, but this is an adult one, um, and it's it's coming out next week, I guess. So I guess I'm just going to buy that and read it. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on that if Bally wants to read it as well. But we'll see. Um, so so yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of where we are with Star Wars. Um, Mandalorian's great. It really is. I enjoyed it. Really it. That that season was just so much better than I thought it was going to be. I think we had some. We oh, liked yeah. season one. I think we had mixed views on different episodes, and there's a lot of slower stuff in there. But like, if if it's whole, if the entire purpose of season one was to set the scene for this season and kind of open things up, then it does make sense retrospectively. Like it, that does. It, I am happy with how season one turned out in order to do such a great season two so yeah yeah cool well yeah that's us discussing star wars again for the year 2020 it wasn't a film this year or a video game it was season two of mandalorian but um we're gonna you know read some star wars stuff watch some more star wars stuff uh you know we're going to be talking about season three mandalorian next year when that comes out uh but yeah and until then we will talk about some star wars in the future but i hope you have A good remainder of your holiday and we will see you in the new year. Goodbye.